0: Hey, Courtney. What's up? You tend to deal with more of the production side of this podcast. Uh What kind of tools do you use? Well, I actually use a few things, but my favorite one I use is a really cool program
1: called Anchor. Really? Yeah, it's by far the easiest way to create a podcast. They provide creation tools that allow you to record. You can also edit your podcast right from your computer or cell phone. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So how do you push your podcast to different platforms? Dude, Anchor does it all for you. They distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms.
0: That's cool. Yeah. On top of us wrangling our kids, working full-time, doing research, that does seem to cut down a lot of the time, huh? Oh, yeah. How come we didn't know about this sooner? Honestly, I really don't know, but one of the best parts about this is you don't have to have a minimum number of listeners or plays to monetize off your podcast. That's awesome. That helps us become one step closer to helping donate back to the victims and their families. Yeah, that's important. But how much does it cost to use Anchor? Well, are you ready for this? Yeah, bring it on. It's... Free. Dude. Dude,
1: that's awesome. Go download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Content warning This episode includes foul language and discussion of violence. Trigger warning The case following the intro music discusses the rape and murder of young children. Listener discretion is advised.
0: Hey, so have you seen those videos like you see when you're scrolling through Facebook, like those five minute hacks?
1: Oh, God five-minute five-minute crafts right oh yeah I I love that page (laughs) there's there's a lot of good hacks
0: it's like pure comedy almost yeah it really is I mean they have to do it for jokes right it's not Um, serious
1: so I'm actually I'm convinced of two things about five-minute crafts um I'm convinced that they actually know what they're doing and they're just trolling people or um the producers of these little five minute hacks have actually you know been to prison and so they're just like hey I came up with this really good idea and I think that the world needs to know about it but see here's the thing like unfortunately you know I don't I don't foresee myself going into like a job interview and um feeling like I need to take some alcohol and rub some ink off of a magazine to put on my eyelids, you know? Well that's like instant um eyeshadow. Like come on. I get it, but like who's gonna call me and be like, hey, I need you for an interview right now. And I'm gonna be like, oh shit. You know, yeah, that's um, not gonna,
0: that's not very likely. The Maybe, same hundreds of people that I see driving down the road putting their makeup on. Yeah. Maybe them. But they have makeup. <laughs>
1: they have makeup. <laughs> Okay, there is this one video I saw on that page on that. I guess it's a group or whatever. It's um, a YouTube channel. I don't remember exactly the exact concept of it. But I think it was like, want to know how to cut down your hair blow, hair blow drying time. And uh, I, you know, that's I, yeah. can't, I can't talk but want to cut your blow drying time in half. And then like, literally like one second later you see a girl with scissors and then they move on to the next i'm just like (laughs) have you noticed that they do that sometimes (laughs) yes they're like or do you want to know how to um sew your shirt to be smaller you know to be more fitted and then they pull out like i don't know a spool of thread and then the next episode or the next uh clip is uh, they're showing you how to paint
0: something i'm just like this oh man i've seen a few really good ones okay which one one, uh have you ever gotten earwax in your headphones actually yes (laughs) just just take the gum out of your mouth that you're chewing and stick it in your headphones and pull it out all the Uh, earwax comes out so basically i'm recycling my own germs got it yeah that's that's cool just try not to put it back in your mouth
1: Right, but like the thing is, though, is like if I'm chewing gum, basically I'm kind of, you know, licking my own ear in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah, like I
0: mean, animals do it. It's a secondhand thing. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't like thinking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> or have you ever had the problem when you're, you know, sleeping at night and you need some tissues and you don't really want to reach over to your nightstand to get them? I know a lot of guys. Who have that problem? Okay, so I have a solution. <laughs> Did you five-minute so? crafts? Uh huh. Just cut a hole in your pillowcase, put the box of Kleenex in your pillowcase, and then all you I mean all you have to do is cut a little slit. It's just enough to uh, pull the have, tissue out. So do you have any? Case.
1: Do you have any idea where my brain is going right now? <laughs> Again, I know a lot of guys who would like this. <laughs>
0: I know where your brain's going Ew. if
1: you don't have a fleshlight <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> you're gonna get me all red
1: <laughs> hey you agreed to do this podcast with me so oh, i love it um we want to hear from you guys tell us what your favorite ba- bad five minute crafts pack is um also I, i'm gonna shout out some podcasts real quick oh yeah let's hear them all right so first one Keep it weird, we love you. Woohoo! Crime and compulsion, we love you. Yes. Watching Netflix without you, we Ooh, love yeah. you. Um true crime Kent, of course. Hello and the something was wrong podcast let me tell you a little fun fact about something was wrong they just got she just got signed i guess if i'm thinking about it like in a musical sense to um audio chuck and you know who who's an audio chuck right Mm -mm. crime junkie she really she runs uh, ashley flowers she runs audio chuck it's really kind of funny that i'm bringing this up because of the episode i'm about to do C- crime junkies also covered they did a great job covering that one but uh but something was wrong i've been listening to something was wrong for quite a quite a minute They are uh, amanda you need to go listen to them if you haven't uh i think tiffany, i've heard a little bit of them tiffany reese she runs that podcast she's amazing and um she um kind of gave me a little bit of a shitting my pants moment yesterday because i followed her and she followed us back
0: Ooh, nice Hello. so
1: we're um we're like famous now we rub shoulders with the famous <gasps> people not really i mean <clears throat> no tiffany's <laughs> tiffany's cool but like you know anyway and there was another one I wanted to shout out. It was the They Are A New podcast, just like we are. They are called The Occult and Crime Academy. So go check them out. Um, and with any with all that, just don't forget, guys, we have a contest running. Um, go find us on iTunes and rate and review us a four or five star. In your review, put your name in there. Um, Amanda and I each will choose a winner. And you will have a choice between a t-shirt, a mug, or a pair of socks. And you know you need at least one of those three so yes you do yep yep well all right well we don't really have anything else so i guess uh let's uh go ahead and yeah we'll just i guess we'll stop so (laughs) i don't ever have anything i mean i could freestyle the new kids on the block again (laughs) i was expecting you to be like please don't don't."
0: oh no yeah yeah, (laughs) okay i love hearing you freestyle
1: Okay, I'll freestyle again. I'll make sure I do a better job next time. All right. See y'all on the other side. is this is gonna be hard okay let me get my notes here all right unpopular opinion serial killers and rapists need not be glorified don't buy their books don't wear them on your person they want to be famous when you glorify these monsters you are not only blatantly disrespecting the victims but you're also letting these monsters win a little you might be naively doing these things to which i say open your eyes, empathize with the victim. How would you feel? I'm giving a nod to a Reddit group I'm in. I'm not gonna mention who they are out of sheer respect. And the fact that there are certain people out there who will spend all of their life cyberbullying people who uh, do not align with their feelings of idolatry of a person or persons. Particularly people who see themselves as greater than they actually are, like narcissists. People who spread misinformation for personal gain and then brush it off as no big deal when their misinformation is actually hurting a hell of a lot more than it's helping. Sure. We're all human and we make mistakes. I've made my share of mistakes. Haven't you, Amanda? Of course. And we both we've held ourselves accountable. Um, It's, it's time for everybody to do the same. When you make a mistake, admit to it and move on because when you don't, you look weak. I've had a period of reflection as I've researched the case I'm about to do. And a lot of my own ways of handling things will change. My sense of humor will always be there, but we all have room to grow. With that said, serial killers do not belong on merch. Stop parading Ted Bundy or Charles Manson or whoever the fuck around like they're gods. They aren't. And their victims deserve so much better. The end. But it's I agree. But it's not the end because that's the introduction to this. (laughs) That was my bit of little bit of humor. But anyway, (laughs) I want to shout out Brandon Mitchell for suggesting this case to me. I'd requested this case. Actually, I'd requested case suggestions in my personal Facebook and uh, she sent me this one in my inbox um evidently until very recently many people had almost no idea about april's case including me i knew that this world was full of absolute monsters and shit bags but i can't even begin to comprehend the terror upon learning about this and opening the leap um i felt a shot in my gut um Mandy, you saw pictures right yes this little girl looks strikingly similar to my own i almost refused to do the story because the minute i started reading about it my eyes welled up with tears but something inside of me said you have to so we need to remember april she was almost forgotten and we need to remember her in this episode i want to dedicate my love and deepest sympathies to the tinsley family on the very off chance that they are listening please know that i fully immersed myself in the shoes of janet tinsley to tell this story because as a mother of a little girl my one who bears a shocking and even heartbreaking resemblance to April. I have to tell the story in a way I would want it told had I, sorry. <laughs> had I been April's mother or even April herself. So in memory of April Marie Tinsley. You ready? No. Okay. Good. Um, April Marie Tinsley was born March 18th of 1980. She was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana. She was a second grader at Fair- Fairfield Elementary School and a member of the choir at Faith United Methodist Church. I did try to reach out to Janet Tinsley, her mother, to get a good idea of what April was like. But since this case is solved, the family has stepped down from any interviews. They do have a Facebook page dedicated to her memory. I will link it in the show notes along with the rest of my sources. With that, um, I'm paraphrasing. April is described as bright and friendly, and someone who could stand her ground. Family members have described her as carefree, precocious, funny, and also a bit shy. Um, looking at her pictures, you really pick up on that. She was truly happy and well-loved. She seemed precocious. In a podcast I periodically listen to, which is Crime Junkie, which Amanda, I know you've listened to Crime Junkie. Yeah. They're, they're good. They did an amazing, they did a phenomenal job on this case. Um, right from like before this guy got caught to after ashley flowers really did a wonderful job but in that in that podcast in that episode the family described april as a fighter and would basically refuse to get in the car with strangers um her parents are mike and janet and april did have a little brother but i was not able to get his name Fort wayne was known as a city with safe suburban neighborhoods it was known in 1988 as a great place to raise your children it was kind of known as one of those cities where everyone knew each other and all the children played together people would leave their doors unlocked things like that um good friday april 1st of 1988 the weather was forecast to be rainy all easter weekend april had just turned eight years old it was after school and april asked her mom janet if she could go outside to play with her friends janet said that this was fine and to take an umbrella and to make sure that she called april made it to her friend's house and called her mom told her that she had made it and everything was fine. So April was out playing with her friends, one of whom's name was Nicole. It started to sprinkle and they all started to walk home. The friends and April had separated because April left her umbrella at Nicole's house and April never made it home. And by all accounts, Janet said that this was just not like her. She always came home when she was supposed to. Janet went to Nicole's house expecting April to be there. Nobody had seen her. It got to be about 3 or maybe 4 p.m. that very day and Janet went ahead and started tracking. She called everyone she had known April was around. Nobody had seen her. She called Nicole's mom or maybe went I do house. I don't, I don't remember. Um, and her mom hadn't seen April since she showed up initially to call her mom. Janet then filed a missing persons report. The full description of April that day, she was last seen wearing a pair of light blue pants with white hearts all over them, purple sneakers, and a pink and red jacket. This is one of the few times back then that the police took a missing persons report seriously and started looking for her right away. The reason why they didn't really take missing persons cases um, seriously back then was because um, back in like. The the mid to late 70s, and early 80s and things like that, um, there was a lot of run- runaway cases, but the runaways were usually they, they would usually come back home. So police started just kind of like bat an eye and be like, whatever, they'll, they'll be home. Don't worry. You know, um, this was one of the few times where they weren't like that. It was something like 75 volunteers that searched the entire neighborhood for her. And after an exhaustive search, they found nothing. At one point, a witness came to investigators and claimed to have seen a child be dragged into a dark black, dark blue truck. I'm sorry. Um, The witness said that the man had light brown hair, facial stubble, and appeared to have been in his mid-30s this synced up well timing wise and a composite sketch of this man had been created this com- this composite was pretty basic your typical mid 30s white male but it neared a major similarity to Janet's brother who had back surgery the day before so Janet's like this this is weird like this can't be this, this can't be my brother right um, that lead was quickly disregarded because they confirmed that he was still indeed in the hospital recovering for surgery so with that as well as a public appeal that had followed um, no leads were produced. Um, this is a quote from this, one of the sources. It's um, WPTA21.com quote. There was a lot of times where I had people say to me, you should have kept your home. You should have kept her home. You can't prison your own child. You gotta let them outside and play, her mother had said. I want everyone listening to pay attention to what I'm about to say. In short, Janet did not do anything wrong. Any anger that you have with this case directed at the shitbag that did what he did to April. Janet, from everything I've heard and read, is a mother who's really on top of her A-game. She provided both a fun and nurturing environment for her children, as well as with a whole lot of wisdom. April was raised in regard where she could not she could, she would not be the type to get in the car with a stranger. Um, Her mother has been quoted as saying that April's a fighter she wouldn't just get into the car with someone she didn't know without a fight. Janet did a fantastic job to make sure that April was aware of the dangers that lurked and in the 80s we all knew our neighbors in our neighborhood particularly in a city like Fort Wayne, Indiana in all of this Janet was well ahead of her time. She trusted her kids to know what what bad things were out there but also had the grace to give to trust those closest to them. So I want to clarify now and well ahead of time that Janet and her family, the neighbors, none of them did anything wrong. They absolutely have no blame in any of this. They gave any and all the information that they could and so far the police were doing a great job being on top of this. And um, it was the 80s. Back then it was a different time. It was normal to be outside to play. We're now in 2021. We have all of these advances in forensics, technology, sure. Um, that's both good and a bad thing because comparatively, back in the 80s you could hide in plain sight. But with the advan- advanced. Is now, you could still hide in plain sight because yep. my, my fear is that a lot of these offenders um, will evolve. <laughs> right along with forensics and technology you know you've seen not exactly the same but you've seen people where instead of you know straight up snatching your wallet right out of your back pocket they're creating these digital things that'll just read your credit card number from like a mile away you know or maybe a mile away i don't know that's not what this case is about but it's a good comparison yeah you know criminals have just straight up evolved um the the technology and everything is great now um everything in short has evolved but it's a double-edged sword Um, it's just best to keep an objective point of view here because times were different. Um, the bad news about back then is that things weren't as advanced, so bad people could easily hide. Whereas now, they just can't easily, but again, evolution. Three days after the initial report was filed, and after searching, on April 4th, 1988, a jogger by the name of John Klein passed by a ditch near a road in DeKalb County, which was approximately 36 minutes away from April's home, about 30 miles. He noticed a lifeless little girl. The body was quickly identified as April Tinsley. She had all of the same clothes on that she had when she went missing, except that one shoe was missing. They found the other shoe later on the other side of the road, approximately 700 feet. Upon the autopsy, they noticed that April's clothes were still on as normal, except that her underwear she had on was inside out. They said they had suspected a sexual assault had occurred based off of that. And then they found semen in the underwear, confirming the suspicion. At the time, It wasn't enough for hard evidence, but they did preserve this evidence because they knew that it very well could be vital in the future. Um, There was a source also that said that there was a sex toy found not far from where April was found also. Um, I had not been able to find out any more information on that, but my assumption is that they did use that sex toy as evidence. So the only reason why I wanted to put that in there it's not necessarily for shock value, but it's to kind of give you an idea that the monster that did what he did to April is just a piece of shit, sick fuck. The town that was once known as safe, where kids could play and be free, now kids couldn't go anywhere alone or be or be without a parent. The autopsy had concluded that the cause of death was asphyxiation, she was suffocated, and that this little girl indeed had been raped. It had been reported that April was suffocated two days prior and that her body was dumped into a ditch earlier that day in broad daylight for everybody to see. This is where the police had a theory that the offender lived in the area and knew the area well due to how bold he was in this matter. At this point, police questioned all sex offenders in the area, asked where they all had been and what their alibi was, if they had a blue truck. Um, At one point, a large amount of tips came in from several people saying that the sketch looked an awful lot like a 34-year-old man known by the name of Everett Scholl, also known as Moose. He did own a a blue truck. He was also known to have been bugging children at playgrounds and parks and saying inappropriate things to them. He'd been questioned three months prior to all of this on a child molestation claim. He was never charged for that, but it was mentioned by one of the detectives that, quote, just because an individual doesn't have a criminal record... Doesn't mean they can't commit a crime like this. Moose also lived just a block or so away from where April lived. He had his own children and claimed to have been to church pretty regularly. According to Investigation Discovery, um, that episode that I watched to help me with this research was called um, I Will Kill Again. And the show was called Predator at Large. This was in the midst of the satanic panic. So people came forward and said that he was in a gang that practiced satanism. It was also said that he did have access to a blue truck, but he did not actually own one detectives went to find him but he had left four hours prior and his family didn't know where he was um then april's body was released for the funeral press and police attended the funeral looking for moose he never showed up so at this point he's starting to look suspicious because you know where is he about seven days after april goes missing they get reports that he's creeping around playgrounds and police go and get him for questioning his alibi was that he was out drinking with friends at the time of her disappearance and everyone that police had talked to vaguely confirmed that he was at other places. The alibis only vaguely lined up. The police keep questioning Moose <clears throat> and he even agrees to a polygraph, which to everybody's shock came out in Moose's favor. So this tip was tabled because they had absolutely no evidence on him.
0: But he does sound sus.
1: He sounds very suspicious. He does but spoiler alert, he's not the one. Okay, so he's just another creepy person? He's just creepy. Now, I, I have a little bit of a theory and I'm I'm happy to mention it to you um, at the end of this case. Um, mm-hmm. You'll probably follow right along with it as, soon, as, as I dive in because um, we're about to find out a lot more. The entire neighborhood was on high alert, putting up posters, just keeping a lookout, trying to keep April's memory alive, but that well had started to run dry because nothing and nobody was coming forward. Nothing, so. They're like, you know, are we ever going to find out? Um, But then uh, two years later, it was late May in 1990, there was a barn 14 miles away from where April went missing. It was described as isolated and dimly lit. Someone wrote on this barn in crayon, quote, I kill eight-year-old April Marie Tinsley I will kill again it's gonna get it's gonna get pretty dark amanda i'm just okay so he's obviously uneducated oh wait oh wait it was written in a childlike manner with several things misspelled <clears throat> i'm gonna post the pictures on um, instagram it was questioned if this was a troll or the actual killer when two days later words are added to this message quote did you find her other shoe ha. ha. do you remember me talking to you about the missing shoe what they decided that this was indeed the killer because the information about the missing shoe was kept really close to the chest nobody else knew about the missing shoe except for the detectives and the killer so all right so they know who it is well they don't
0: know who it is but this is the guy this is the guy okay so
1: now but he's hiding in plain sight And it's just really weird how he does it. So um, now the killer's parading his action and playing cat and mouse, basically. Just trolling the fuck out of the detectives as as well as the neighborhood who's really gripped with fear at this point. Three weeks later, the fear escalates because, and this is where my theory will come in. Seven-year-old Sarah Jean Boker goes missing. She was last seen in the area that April was abducted. Search dogs found Sarah's stuffed animal approximately 16 hours later. And not too far away, they found Sarah's dead body in a creek. autopsy revealed bruising to her neck and fluids in her underwear. This is the same MO as April. This is to a point where everyone's really picking up their fear. Everyone's on the lookout and on the hunt for a child rapist and killer, and that picks up speed. There were no leads or witnesses in Sarah's case, and at this point, April's case started to get tabled, and the city stays in a state of fear and high alert. Over the years, the case is still active. Police tell April's family that they are still working on it, but there's still no leads. No tips came in. Um, eventually April's case, unfortunately goes cold. There's zero breakthrough, no sign of the killer. Everything's quiet. Um, but the community is still left wondering. Her parents are persistently asking police if there's anything, but there's nothing.
0: How heartbreaking.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it, I hate to tell you, but it only gets worse. Um, yeah. In May of 2004. So this is about 14 years later, 14 years later. Memorial Day, in a nearby suburb, seven-year-old Emily Higgs was outside playing. Note, note this real quick. Emily H- Higgs pretty much resembles both Sarah and April. Okay, so this follows a preferential offenders mo. Um, I've mentioned the last one of the last jobs I've worked at before, where you know they help, you know child-serving organizations and preventing, you know, pedophiles and sex offenders from being employed or volunteering. Um, One of the things I've learned in the trainings was about what a preferential offender is and primarily it's linked to a pedophile, but a preferential offender, that definition is in any case is where an offender's MO is to choose someone based off of their quote unquote type. So they have a type um ted bundy for example seemed to prefer to prefer petite brunette women because they resembled someone who he was fond of but like had broken his ego um i would be very i could be very wrong about that but i haven't really like dove deep into ted bundy but um that's pretty much what i've gathered but the point is a preferential offender has a type in the case of a pedophile a preferential offender may like they might go after maybe their type is like a 14 year old boy. So they primarily go after 14 year old boys. And then sometimes it goes as far as they go after 14 year old boys who have this hair color and this eye color and this, you know, whatever. Um, In this case, it was blonde girls that were around seven or eight. Okay. So back to Emily, she finds a note scrawled on yellow notebook paper and it's in a baggie and it's, taped to her bike. And it says, and I'm going to quote this word for word because there's a lot of misspellings. So I, I just kind of, in, in case somebody does not go and look at the pictures, I just want you to have an idea. So quote, hi, honey, I've been watching you. I am the same person that kidnapped and raped and killed ape royal Tenzelli. You are my next victim. If you don't report this to police, and I don't see this in the paper tomorrow, or on the local news, or I will blow your house, your you house, killing everyone, but you will be mine. I am the same person that can and rape and murder April Tinsley. You are next, but he put you our, like, you know, our next, haha. Also, what was found with the note was a used condom. I want to mention something that this is 2004 and DNA evidence is really starting to take off. Um, this was obvi- obviously traumatizing to that family, but the silver lining is that this is significant evidence because it's a used condom DNA, DNA, what an idiot. Right. But Good. just remember, this is 2004. <laughs> um, almost a week later, <clears throat> two more young girls that match the preferential of the offender MO. They are target as well. They find notes wrapped in baggies, but there wasn't a used condom this time. There are disturbing Polaroid photos, though, of a man from the waist down masturbating. Ooh. Yeah. Can you fucking imagine? No. Can you fucking imagine? He gave us out- the kids? Yeah. Can you imagine coming outside and seeing um, your kid? They are about to oh. get on their bike, and they see that baggie with that letter and that picture. Or a used condom. Mm-hmm. It makes my stomach sick. Yeah. I've been researching this case for almost a month now. Imagine. <laughs> how many ulcers do you have? Um, Well, I've gotten to a point where... You know how I normally drink like nine cups of coffee? Yeah. I've gotten to a point where I'll finish like half of my coffee and I'm just like, no. No. Hmm. Um. One thing I want to kind of bring up real quick about these Polaroid photos is... If you do a quick search, and we're going to include this also, not the picture of him, don't worry. We, I didn't even want to try to find that. No, I don't want to see that. You won't, don't worry. But I do want to bring up that one of the pieces of evidence they were looking real heavy and defining him was in the background of some of these pictures, you saw um, what looked like a teal, uh, like a green and blue type of comforter, and it had Paisley print. So, When I listened to Crime Junkie about this, they were saying that it was kind of a big piece of evidence because back in the 80s, even the early 70s, Paisley was kind of a big thing. Um, So I just thought that was kind of important to mention. Emily's mother is noted as saying, quote, it's almost as if he wanted to be caught. And she was referring to all the evidence that he left around. So basically, so far you've gathered that this guy is really, really bold. Okay. Yeah. He might... It does sound like he wants to be caught. It sounds like it, but remember, this is 2004 at this point, okay? Yeah. Police are beginning to wonder if this is actually the same person, and if so, where the hell has he been for the past 14 or 15 years? Yeah. Then, another girl receives a note. Here is this note again, and I'm going to read it word for word, misspellings and all. Hi, honey. I've been watching. Here is some of my cum. for you. I am the same person that kidnapped and raped and killed April Tinsley, and you are next. If I see you out alone, and if I don't see anything about this in newspaper or TV news, I will blow up you how. It's supposed to say house. I have planted bomb, some in you house. I think he meant to say somewhere in your house. Oh, like he could assemble a bomb. I don't know. At this point, I don't trust... People like him but I wouldn't put it past people either like yeah um, but what what's really kind of driving me is the fact that he's talking about seeing this in the newspaper or TV um, you know a sick fuck would want media attention, attention wouldn't they oh yeah this, this is one big reason why I'm saying stop wearing serial killers as merch stop it's not funny or cute Police really want to make
0: do what? I said okay, fine. I'm not talking to you. Don't worry, I don't have any T-shirts with serial
1: killers on them. Police really want to make sure that this is the same guy, so they take the notes and diligently compare it to what had been written in crayon on the barn back in 1990. Um, quoted from Detective Clint Hetrick, which you'll hear a lot of going forward. Um. And I got this. The source um, was from that ID show I mentioned earlier. Quote, the handwriting appeared to be the same and the context of the the message also appeared to be the same. They analyzed the writing after calling in the FBI and had a profile for the killer. So this time it was a mid-40s white male. And because of the location and how well he seemed to know the area, he indeed lived in Fort Wayne. But there is still no suspect, but the technology behind DNA sciences had advanced by 2004. All the fluid samples um, from the underwear were compared to the used condoms, and they all matched, so they were able to confirm that it was the same guy doing these things.
0: Were they um, able to confirm it with Sarah as well, or only April? I'm getting to it. Okay. so for.
1: No, you're good. Please interject. I, listen, real quick, our listeners really love us, and they say that we, we do great together, so uh, you're Aww. fine. You're doing great. Um, but this further proved that the killer was still out there and close by. Um, just as they are closing in and they have their break, they compared the samples with what came from Sarah Bowker, and um, that one was not even remotely a match. So we have two different... right. Patterns. So I I don't want to, I don't want to um, pinpoint anybody. I don't want to confirm or deny, but my theory is, if and this is a huge if, this is not this is speculation at this point. But if Moose, who I'd mentioned before, mm-hmm. was involved with, with anything in any kind of way, just maybe it was with Sarah Bowker. But to this day, her case has not been solved.
0: Oh man, heartbreaking.
1: So that also kind of tells me that it may not be Moose. So um, I don't want to point any blame on somebody that is completely innocent. Um, he's not completely innocent in the fact that he does—he is known or was known for, you know, trying to mess with kids at playgrounds. But you know, I'm. I'm also about like putting the right blame on the right person (laughs) um but yeah they compared the samples and it wasn't even remotely a match the person that killed April was not the same person that killed Sarah Bowker they then compared all the DNA samples in their database and they were they were hoping that this case would be closed and they'd have their suspect um but nothing turned up so the killer is completely off the radar as far as his DNA and he's hiding in plain sight so how fucking frustrated are you right now?
0: On a scale to 1 to 10? Yeah. 12. Okay. It it does get a little a little
1: bit better as 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 good as this could possibly get. Unfortunately. Um it started to get where the case was kind of put on the back burner again. Everyone at this point is feeling hopeless. April's cousin, Christina Snyder is quoted as remembering her uncle feeling hopeless and saying that he's gonna die and he would never know who killed April. Um, But the family refused to accept that. And I think that that ended up being their saving grace, by the way. The family and neighbors, um, oh God, here we go. The family and neighbors built a garden in remembrance of April where she had been abducted and it's just beautiful. There's a sign and there's a sign in front of it that says April's Garden. It's got her picture on it. There's a little what looks to be an outhouse behind it. It, it looks kind of like a very large birdhouse. I don't really know. I, I think it's an outhouse. Um, there was a, a couple of angel statues and it's surrounded by all kinds of flowers. It's one of those things where you'd want to sit in and be at peace, meditate, um, pray, um, but it's also very heartbreaking and bittersweet to see. It's it's just. I mean, stunning is the only word I can come up with Um, when I saw this. And I'm really not trying to be dramatic here. I just kind of broke down. It was so beautiful, but can you just even begin to imagine what that family was going through, especially the mother I wish to God that I could reach out and give Janet the longest bear hug because I don't know what I would do if I was in her situation, but I, I feel for her, um, that poor baby. Um, I had to pause here when I was writing my notes because at this point, and you already know how I feel, mm-hmm. um, Anna was in the other room. She was playing and I just, I just felt like I needed her to be safe. So I called her in, in my room and I was like, I needed a hug. I needed to give my baby a hug. I've done that. Yeah. And she came in and she saw my, that I'd paused the show and I paused the show on one of one of the, the angels. And hey. she goes, and she goes, she, she was looking at it and I was like, Anna, what's that? And she'd go, "It's an angel, mommy. Angels are friends. Aww. Oh. Oh, that sweet girl." And then she proceeded to terrorize my bedroom and throw baby wipes everywhere, so that was fun. Well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was remembering April Tinsley, and you know what? she was having fun doing it, so well good. Um, people would often stop by this garden and leave memories, well wishes, even items. The family thought that this was nice, but there was still the big elephant in, ro- in the room, which was who did this? Okay, they were also understandably um, inward They would inwardly question each person who had stopped by. Like, imagine like you're. I'm not going to say your your sons, okay, but imagine if a friend of yours, their their kid, had mm-hmm. this had happened to them, and you're you're there at their garden. And people that you didn't even know, and they didn't even know, they would stop by and leave like teddy bears. You would probably think, Did you do this? Did you do this?
0: What yeah, about you? Did of you? Do this?
1: That's what they were thinking. And I understand. Yeah. Personally, I would be suspicious of everybody. Absolutely. Um, at this point, the family is finally concluding that her killer will most likely never be found. And the case comes to a standstill once again.
0: Oh, how frustrating.
1: Yeah, but there's a big old butt coming in.
0: Okay,
1: like big booty Judy, come on in. That that's the kind of butt that I'm gonna put in there. <laughs> At this point, in 2015, um, there was a very sophisticated computer program used by a laboratory in Virginia. Um, it created a new sketch of what the killer might have looked like. This was vital along with the DNA to try to get a little closer. So this is 2015 now. Okay. The following year, they created a new sketch of what he might have looked like in the present. This is really, it gets, it's spooky. It's, it's, okay. The detectives refused to give up. In 2016, detectives Brian Martin and Clint Hedrick, who I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. They joined the cold case unit to try to solve this case. It was called CARD. Okay. CARD is, it stands for Child Abduction Rapid Deployment Team. Want to note here that when that had, when what had happened to April had occurred in 1988, um, the two detectives that I'd mentioned prior, they were still children. Okay. So they basically grew up to be detectives and they wanted to solve this case. That's kind of an indication of how deep in this community was with this little angel. So fast forward, 2018 with the 30 year anniversary of April's murder approaching, they came across an article where a homicide case in Arizona was solved using familial DNA. Okay. Um, that homicide case this same year, a new law went into effect that was designed to solve crimes such as the April Tinsley case, As well as that of the Golden State Killer. Are you familiar? I am. Yep. All right. As of January 1st, those arrested for a felony in the state of Indiana had to submit a DNA sample via cheek swap. Then DNA. (laughs) She's holding her hand up. Um, Then DNA samples are collected for Indiana's CODIS, which stands for Combined DNA Inclusion System. This occurred after Indiana passed the Senate Enrolled Act 322. The samples were compared to other profiles in the database, hoping to increase chances of solving older crimes or even cold cases. Yes, Ancestry.com system submits DNA to CODIS. So, if you are looking for a lost long relative, or, you know, an old lover, and you just so happen to be a
0: serial killer or rapist, well, you're fucked. So... So go ahead, go do them. Yeah, get, get fucked. Get done as soon as possible. Get
1: fucked. The team enters the killer's DNA they had into a very advanced DNA testing lab for analysis. They were looking for any clue they could, even if it was a relative, something. They could ask questions and interview family members, and it would make it so much easier to solve this case. They got a match. It was two brothers. Peter Miller and his younger brother, or no, yeah, his younger brother, John Miller. Wait, two? Yeah. Oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. They searched their local database for both names. Peter Miller, he lives in California. His younger brother, John, who was 59, lived in a trailer home around nine miles away from April's home his entire life. Oh, well, isn't that convenient? Isn't that convenient? Mmm. So, Hetrick and Martin started surveillance on John Miller's home. He was seen coming out of the home, and he looks just like an older version of the original composite sketch.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: He even fit the exact profile. So, who is John Miller? He was born July 7th of 1959. Where he was born is unknown. Frankly, I do not give a entire fuck. You know what? Let me check my wallet. None. I don't have any. I have no fucks to give. Sorry, I'm broke. I don't really care. Fucking broke. Um, he was a former Walmart employee, which I was, you know, kind of talking to Nate about this. And poor Nate, you know, he works at Walmart. <laughs> he was just like, oh shit. Cause he when he <laughs> find yeah. When he found out about what, what department he was in, he was just like, oh, no, that's that's really scary, you know? <clears throat> oh, no. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, people, the, people that surrounded him described him as difficult, reclusive, with a bad temper. Um, or he would, like, you know, he would rub shoulders with people sometimes, and they would ask him, like, they'll be like, hey, how are you doing? And he'd just be like, Ugh. you know, he'd grunt but otherwise just another normal person. They just thought he was just like a reclusive, like negative dude. Um, Neighbors also described him as maybe a little off, but they would never have suspected him of doing something like this. Um, And it's mentioned that he's possibly intellectually disabled, which by the way, I'm gonna set the record straight right now. Some may feel sympathy for him because of this, Let me set that straight. You can be intellectually disabled or fiercely intelligent, but a piece of shit is still a piece of shit. And now that you're about to find out a little bit more, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. That such a disability is still not an excuse. And I stand by this. I do not give a fuck the end. The detectives went further and followed him when he left his home after two hours of surveillance. So they were were starting to watch him. Um, They did follow him to a well-known big box retailer that's known as Walmart and they followed him inside and he was then seen in uniform stocking toys on a shelf in the children's department. So now you see why Nate was like, that terrifies me. Oh my gosh. He works at Walmart and he knows how many kids go in and out of that department. So yeah. He had been employed there for 10 years. He had been hanging around the toy section, and who knows how many kids had been by there or even through there. They still didn't have solid evidence just yet to arrest this person, so they waited until about 3 a.m., and they went and got some trash from his, his yard. They pulled several bags of trash out of his trash can. They found several used condoms. So you see that this is getting good they sent them to the state police laboratory in indianapolis and it was an exact match they got their killer good july 15th of 2018 they apprehended john miller at his job and he willingly went they formally interviewed him the entire time he's just sitting there chilling right um they asked him why he thought they picked him up and he said i think probably the tinsley case That's the only one I can think of. Oh. They asked him why he would say something weird like that. And he stated he started to kind of show resistance. So they they kept pressing him. Right. Um, Y'all hear me say sometimes apply pressure. Well, that's exactly what they did. They revealed that the DNA evidence singled him out as the main suspect after 30 years and basically told him, you know what, you're fucked either way. So you might as well just admit it so. They asked John if he was sorry for this, and in a flippant kind of way, he he said, Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess. Get on my hair. What a sick, sick, sick individual. Zero remorse. He then admitted that he abducted, raped, and killed April. He confessed and explained how he did it. He saw her. He saw the opportunity like the opportunist opportunist that he is. Right. He parked at the corner. He saw her coming up and he just kind of waited for her and then he grabbed her. He had told her not to scream and to do as he said and he wouldn't hurt her. They then drove to his house and she kept saying, Don't hurt me. I'll do whatever you say. Oh. This next part makes me sick to my stomach because he says, quote, That afternoon, I had sex with her. He said that afternoon I had sex with her. An eight-year-old little girl. As if oh, it just, were,
0: oh. as
1: if she, as if she had um, said, yes, please. No, 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 no. He then goes Ugh. on. He then goes on to say in such a flippant and careless attitude. I just had the urge, you know? Like no, he's sitting, I don't fucking know. Like he's sitting there in a bar drinking with his buddies. I just had the urge, you know? You know, I have the urge to just fucking put a bullet in your in your head. You know.
0: <clears throat> that's more like it. Oh, that poor um, baby. Mm-hmm.
1: They asked her. They asked her why he didn't just let her go, and he goes, "I thought about it, but I was afraid that she would tell." And that's when I started choking her, and then I had sex with her one more time after she was dead. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not laughing, I'm pissed. Okay, this goes from fury to sadness. He admits that he made two attempts to do the same exact thing when he was just 15 years old. They were unsuccessful. He insists that April is the only victim. I strongly doubt that, but- No. <clears throat> so for the most part, the Tinsley family finally got some closure. The trial was originally set to be in February of 2019, but it never happened. The months following his arrest, his attorneys argued that he could he wouldn't get a fair trial with the jury chosen from the Allen County due to public outrage. To which I say, he does not deserve a fucking, any kind of fair trial. He deserves all of the public outrage. They said that the offenses were alleged. No, they weren't. They were not alleged. He admitted to it. DNA proof, and that the opinions of his guilt and character were speculated. Oh Fuck my off. god! Fuck off! His attorneys were given until November of that same year to explain why a change of venue was actually appropriate. But instead of discussing the case, John Miller was brought before Allen County Judge John F. Serbeck and pled guilty. Serbeck charged John, Bill, John Miller with felony murder, child molestation, and criminal confinement. Miller pled guilty and was sentenced to 80 years in prison, prison with zero chance of an appeal, narrowly missing the death penalty. Unfortunately, Miller will be released six days after his 99th birthday in 2058, 70 years after he did what he did to this angel. So He won't get out of there. Oh, no. No. For April's mother, Janet, it was as though, as though this all happened yesterday. She spoke in court saying that even though it's been 30 years, she still remembers the day like it was yesterday, telling Miller that he ripped her family apart. She also looked at Miller and said, you took her life. We want yours, saying that the 80 years he's getting is for less than what he's made the, fam- the entire family deal with. April's mom also told Miller that he threw April's body out like it was trash and that she will never forgive him or fig- forgive what he took from her until the day she dies. And I understand that. I probably, Absolutely. I, I probably would not forgive him even after I die. I won't no. forgive him for this. No. Christina Steiner, I mentioned her briefly earlier, but that's um, April's cousin. She said that she uses the word human loosely when describing Miller. She also called Miller an animal and looked at him and said he was a cold-hearted monster. Detective Dan Camp. He was one of the detectives who was working the case. He's now um, retired because of this case. Um, He told ABC 21 in Indiana that there was enormous pressure to solve this case, so he never gave up. He was obsessed with finding this guy. He felt that he kept missing something, little details here and there, and that would crack the case, but nothing kept showing up. He finally retired because his search was unfortunately unsuccessful. He kept April's picture in his wallet the entire time and worked tirelessly to solve this case. Camp also stated that he was very thankful that Janet did not have to endure a trial because, with a crime of this caliber and what may have transpired in the trailer, that would be absolutely grueling and the details would come to light in the trial. So I I kind of applaud him for that. Yeah. Because he's really thinking about Janet there. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like you're holding somebody back from really just, I don't know. Basically, everybody that's worked this case are just absolutely wonderful. Um, Janet is quoted as saying that she misses April and missed out on seeing April grow up having kids of her own, having girl time, having a normal life. It was ripped from her. Um, The rape and murder of Sarah Jean uh, Boker, to this day, remains unsolved. Hmm. Um, I'm almost... one day they can find him. So, um, now, John apparently has a younger brother, and he came forward about this. Um, His younger brother asked... Um, the source, um, it was Fort Wayne's um, They did like an interview with him because you know he came forward. Um, he has to remain nameless. He said that he had seen John that very morning that he had been arrested. He said that he's always helped his brother John with meals and handyman type work. Um, the way I read it, it was as if he was like, "How dare he? After all of the things I've done for him, you know." Um, he had very expressed selfish. Yeah well he expressed pure disbelief when he found out that um they were to arrest they were there to arrest him in relation to the april tinsley case with this he said that his brother was born quote and i'm only quoting this because this is exactly what was said but quote his brother was born a little slow and never had a girlfriend um that's another thing i want to mention real quick one thing i learned in that job i mentioned Um, It's not always the case, but it's typical of a pedophile to be unmarried and unattached. Okay. Um, I stress that being unmarried or unattached does not, it's not the causation. It's just, it's just a common thing with people like this. Yes. It's a weird fact. Um, The reason why it's believed that the reason why they are married or unattached or they are never married or unattached is because the object of their affection is somebody that they cannot have. Like, I don't know, a child so yep and it's illegal in most if not all places to you know marry a child so I hope so <sighs> um this younger brother had shed some light on John saying that it's possible that he was molested when he was staying at the Wood Youth Center reform- and uh, re- bleh, bleh, shit, reform school he said that John always had a bad temper but never suspected him to do anything like this you know before we all get hell bent on his brother um, don't worry. Um, um, he stated shock, but also what his brother had done uh, that his brother had done what he had done. And he basically said that John was now dead to him. Okay. Um, he said that if they needed him as a witness or anything, that they'd have to force him because he had no intention of seeing his brother or anything. He said that he remembered seeing the handwriting on the news, but it was a bit surprised that he didn't put two and two together. Quote, that's definitely his handwriting. Um, he also said he was thankful his parents were not alive to see this because like everyone else, they were aware of the April Tinsley case. So basically their own son was doing all this shit right underneath their noses. Um, he said the whole thing makes him sick and quote, whatever he gets, he deserves. I just wish he would have got caught a long time ago. He's going to have to pay for what he did, even if that's the death penalty. That little girl died didn't she so so i'm gonna do like you do and i'm gonna end this with a quote Okay. (laughs) you know you always i'm gonna end this with a quote i can do a good impression of you amanda (laughs) and and i end this with a quote so this one is actually from christina snyder again this is april's cousin um she ended her statement in court by look, looking at Miller directly in his saggy ass bitch eyes, telling him to burn in hell, you monster. And that is the very, very tragic case of April Tinsley. May she forever rest in peace. Yes,
0: hundred percent. That poor little baby. That poor yeah. family. Just imagine. So when
1: Brenda sent when Brenda sent me this case, I just like the first thing I said was no. But I, I started reading into it because like something was in my gut and it was like Courtney you guys just started this podcast, you have to tell the story. She needs to be remembered. And then I find out that she almost was forgotten. Like there there are certain headlines that are like April Tinsley, the girl that was almost forgotten. Oh. So, so we are going to remember her. Yes. Um in our in our show notes. Um, of course I'm gonna attach pictures um on the Instagram. Um in our show notes I'm gonna attach every source that I've gotten my research from. Um if anybody wants to call me a lazy, lazy researcher, I'm not I just right now don't have the money for books and shit. So <laughs> I'm using what I have. And there is absolutely no shame in using Google for looking things up. remember it's twenty twenty one now and that's what that is so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so um, but I will include all the links and every everything I used for this research. um I will include um <clears throat> April tinsley's um mem- memorial facebook um there are several pictures that I have saved also. Some of them are going to be of the evidence, not the grueling evidence, but I will show you um, the notes that I could get as well as um, the picture of the comforter that we mentioned and then the picture, of course, of that piece of fucking shit that needs to rot and die in prison. So, yeah. And that's it. Um, That's it. Before we uh, close out, Amanda, do you have any news or anything at all? do i have any news
0: i don't think so no no new kitties or anything no 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 kitties only the four i'm not (gasps) getting any more (laughs) i just rhymed so
1: it's really funny because the last time we talked about your
0: kitties you had three
1: and now you have four right yeah you only had three remember i have no
0: idea what you're talking about girl
1: (laughs) caught
0: okay only only i got one more but that's it
1: <laughs> yeah we're we're not getting any more either so don't worry but yeah betty's betty's four pounds now by the way i know that you all wanted to know that but betty is she went from being like i don't know how she was tiny teens like about the size of my palm to four pounds now so Aww. now it's time for her to get fixed so Aww. i'm not about to have little nemo vetty's running around everywhere <laughs> I don't, um, I don't know. Uh, I thought I had something else. I don't. So, um, with that, you guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Make sure you go find us on um, iTunes. Go like, comment, whatever, anything. Um, we have a TikTok now, so you know we're yeah. we're expanding. Follow us world. on TikTok. Yeah, follow us on TikTok. Um, you know, go check out our merch store. We've got more merch in the works so i won't go into detail but it's gonna be cool and um but yeah back to the back to the itunes thing if you want to be entered into that contest make sure you like um not like i'm sorry rate and review us four or five stars if you rate us three stars or below we are going to assume that you don't want the merch which it's fine if you review us less than four stars that lets us know what we need to improve on but you probably don't want to be walking around in our t shirt. So, Amanda. Yes, ma'am. I hear that it is your 10 year anniversary. It is. Happy anniversary. Married. Oh, ten girl. Years. That's crazy. <laughs> I want to be just like you. Oh, you will be. I know. But you will be. That was it. That was pretty much it. <laughs> Yay, Amanda. Yay, Amanda. Happy anniversary to you and Ben. Y'all are a lovely, lovely
0: couple. Thank you. And
1: y'all born two wonderful beautiful children and i couldn't be more proud to to know you guys oh yay sappiness hashtag hashtag hugs so with that (laughs) amanda and i we bid you adieu we love you guys you guys are wonderful thanks for sitting with us in this little bonfire discussing the sad and tragic case of april tinsley and with that don't be a
0: dick and wear deodorant
1: It Almost turned into a song. Don't be a dick, and we're (laughs) theo. All right, guys, we love you so much. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to A Nefarious Nightmare. Music used in this podcast was created by Ghost Stories Incorporated. You can find their music on bandcamp.com. We do have social media. You can follow us at our Facebook page, at A Nefarious Nightmare, or you can follow our Instagram, pod. If you have any stories of paranormal instances that have happened to you, or ideas for true crime, please email us at a nefarious nightmare at gmail.com. Thank you very much and take care.